Hello, and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I'm Rachel. I have also read the books. All the books, finally. Yes. Last time I think I had about a half half of a book to go, but I'm completely caught up on all the books. Woohoo! Uh, on this very special bonus episode, we are discussing the season two casting that was just announced and any other spoilery things we want to talk about. So just beware, we might do spoilers for all seven books up to the end of Rule of Wolves. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm sure we'll definitely be talking about Rule of Wolves at least a little bit. I know we're going to mention it, but I, d- I doubt we're going to dive into like <sighs> plot specifics. No. no, I wouldn't think so. Anyways. No. Um, so, well, thank, first of all, thanks, Rachel, for coming back, because Mandy and I were like, should we record something about this? And she was like, I don't I don't know who these people are. You should maybe record something with Rachel again. And I was like, I was thinking that, too. Great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the casting announcements and I was like, "Ooh, we will get, you know, a bonus episode yeah. casting. And uh, and then Mandy was like, I remember she tweeted, she's like, I, I don't know who these people are, but I'm excited. Yeah. But I mean, I'm always happy to come back to talk spoilers or, you know, anything. Wonderful. I'm, I'm glad we have you in the in the wings, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. Our, our spoiler correspondent. Because really, if I did talk about this with Mandy, I would literally just be like, this is who everyone is. <laughs> Get excited. I would just spoil <laughs> it all for her. Yeah, you'd have to explain a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the most frustrating things when we read Shadow and Bone was that she didn't pick up on the mention of the second prince. Yeah. So I couldn't talk about it. Because <laughs> then I didn't want to be like, hey, they mentioned this person. Huh? 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 <sighs> well, it was, it was so weird to me that they didn't even mention him in season one. I've talked about this. Yes. Or at least I don't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast because it so much I may, with Mandy I can't talk about but um yeah, yeah. maybe we touched on it maybe. last last time but I've definitely texted a lot of people about it <laughs> I was um, like where is this character yeah but let's before we get into that let's start with Wyland let's start with yeah. Jack Wolf as Wyland Hendricks perfection looks wise honestly yes absolutely adorable <clears throat> I think well, that when they posted the photo, even before I read, yeah, you know the, the the cat, you know the names, and I'm like, well, that's obviously yes. <laughs> it was just like it's a shadow about that's that's Wayland. There he is. Yeah, I so cute. He is very cute. I will say my one thing, and this is not like the show did perfectly. This is a me thing. When I read <laughs> Six of Crows, I picture them mm-hmm. older because the fact that they're 16 is just wrong in my head. They're all like 21, 22-ish. So he looks like a child to me. Like he looks like 12. (laughs) And I'm like, but this is Jesper's sugar daddy, you know? Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Though I always picture him as on the like youngish. I mean, even when he's older, he's going to be young and baby face. And I, I don't know if there's anything specific to the book about him being baby face but i mean they all treat him like a, they treat him like a, he's five years younger than them right right <laughs> so they're just like oh he's just young and because it's, it's that whole young and yeah. innocent yes no it is perfect casting my problem with it is a completely me thing 
Yeah, that I like sense, Yeah, I like thinking of the characters as older than they actually are in that book because a lot of shit happens to them. <laughs> well, yeah, seriously. It it is I agree it can be hard for me to remember they're like I mean they're teenagers, but I'm still like, "Oh, like 19?" No. No. They're <laughs> like 16. 16. <laughs> yeah. But but like the story still works completely the same if they're 1920. So that's mm-hmm. That's what I think of them as, which messes me up in situations like this. But he looks so much younger than Kaz. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Well, here's so here's a question. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't even know if it matters. Have they ever explicitly like said how old those characters are in the show? No, I don't think so. I mean, they've never like no one's been like, oh, but I am a mere a mere lad of 16. <laughs> <laughs> so you know like super awkward a mere lad so. yeah no it's uh i haven't rewatched the show in a bit it's kind of wishy wishy they may have mentioned uh, it's hard sometimes it's hard to separate show memories from book memories the yeah. only thing i can think of where it may come up is if they mentioned how old inej was when she was kidnapped versus how long she was right. with uh, right. the menagerie but I don't think that's come up in the show. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's interesting. I mean, and and like you said, I you know, if they did explicitly say, you know, and maybe when they and you know, maybe they will make some reference to Wayland's age. Who knows? But I think you know that's an interesting way to do it, just to kind of be like, well, they're young, but we're not going to be specific about how young, in case it's weird for people. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with how they've handled it so far. Yeah. But we'll see. So then something that I find strange, not that they've credited him as Wyland Hendricks, that makes sense, but that they've credited Nikolai as Nikolai Lantov. Like, they want to keep one plot twist, but they don't care about the other one. <laughs> well, they've kind of, I mean, they've kind of been open about some stuff early on, even like some of the press before the first season, I think, weren't they talking about stuff that we would have thought they maybe wouldn't have? Yeah, no, that's true. So I guess they're making choices and see, I mean, that's our other big question, how they handle, um, you know, Nikolai versus Stormhund. It, it is still my dearest wish that they cast somebody else as Stormhund, but as they haven't said anything, I, I have my doubt that mm-hmm. they're going to do that. They're probably just going to give Patrick some red hair. Speaking of which, I suppose, let's move on to Patrick Gibson as Nikolai Lansov. This is the casting we've all been waiting for. So for me personally, it took me a while to come around to it. And I think it's kind of similar to Jack Wolf thing. It's because the last books I read with Nikolai were King of Scars mm-hmm. and Rule of Wolves, where he is older. Yeah. And I was looking That's at him true. and I'm like, and he's been through some shit. Like, a lot of shit in those books. And I was looking at this kid, and I'm like, you have not been through anything, buddy. You uh, And I couldn't pick, but I've, I've moved past that, though. And I'm like, right, he's much younger. He is not yet possessed or whatever. You know, right. all those things haven't happened to him yet. And then I did see some fan art where somebody, like, drew him as Nikolai. And I'm like, okay, wait, I'm way more on board now that I've seen that. And I've reminded myself that this is not, like, rule of wolves, Nikolai. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause he, I mean, he's definitely, Patrick's a, he's a baby face. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how old the actor is. I mean, he's not, he's on the younger side, but 
I didn't look up anybody's ages. I wonder how old Jack Wolf actually is. Because I swear he's 12. You know? Well, I've got, I mean, I've I know he's his... not actually. Oh, he's 26. Is he seriously? He was born in 95. Oh, my goodness. He does not look 26. He looks maybe 21. Wow. Okay. Well, good for him, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And then Patrick Gibson, also 26. See, and he looks five years older than Jack Wolf. (laughs) So that's what matters, right? He seems to look older than the people that are supposed to be younger than him. That is messed up. So, like, he does look 26. That's fine. But Jack Wolf does not look 26 at all. Yeah, because I would definitely, I'd say, oh, no, he's, yeah, I would put him in the mid-20s. It's interesting, because we've, my my partner was just watching the Cobra Kai TV show, mm-hmm. and one of the lead um, female characters is, you know, she's supposed to be a teenager, and she's like 25 or 27. Right. And then, like, half, you know, half the cast is teenagers or 20, and then she's, like, uh, it's weird. North American TV always does that, though, or North oh, American yeah, they produced do. television, which I think has more to do with labor laws and how long they can make, you yeah. know, adults work versus how long they can make teenagers work in a day. So I that think ma- it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, so that makes sense in a way, but it does suck that nobody ever looks their age. Yeah, they either look, you know. You're like, okay, you see what you, know, you can see what they're trying to do here, or you're just like, that is a 40 year old man. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Um, but yeah. So, what are your thoughts on, on Patrick Gibson? Well, it's, I, similarly to you, I think it took me a little while. And I think once I placed the name with, or the face with an actor that I've actually, I've, I've seen him just in the OA, mm. and he was really, I think he was really good in that. Okay. So, okay. so I kind of, you know, warmed to him a little bit more. I mean, I think when I first saw the picture, I wasn't sure. I was like, we you know who's that? But then if you tell me, oh, it's Nicola, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see it, but I will, you know, give him an opportunity. You know, you're still going to have to convince me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, that that's pretty much my, like, I need to see him in costume. I think once yeah. I see him in costume, I will be all for it. Yeah, I think that'll help a lot to see them in costume. Um, I mean, because I'm I am never one to be like, oh, to be super nitpicky about appearance per se. When you go from book to movie, you mm-hmm. know, to screen, you know, I'm I'm not typically, you know, oh, they don't exactly match whatever. Um, their hair isn't curly, or their eyes are the wrong color. Like that's I I don't have any time for that personally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean. Yeah, granted, I'll look at him and go, I don't know if he quite has the look. But then the more I think about it and the more I look at him, I'm like, okay, I can kind of start to see it. And I do trust the casting. Yes. Um, Yeah, they did a fabulous job with season one. So So I'm hoping if we get, you know, a tease, you know, hopefully we'll get photos and then, um, you know, teasers, trailers. Yes. And similar. God, God, I'm excited. So then I'll, you know, really get into it. But I mean, I'm, I think he's got the acting chops. So like that to me is more important. Like, you know, if you, you can pull it off, carry it off, then I'm, I'll forgive, you know, yeah. someone being a foot shorter than they're supposed to be or whatever. Yeah. I think I had initial problems with Patrick Gibson because he looked, uh, he looked a little like a douchebag. 
Well, yeah, no, uh, and that was my wow. not not his <laughs> physical looks at all. That's fine. I don't care. Just the way that he presents himself. I'm like, oh, I don't think I'd like you as a human person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a completely like it's, it has nothing. Like I don't know this guy. This is like right. you know, but you know, how sometimes you see somebody and just like, Ugh. um, y- yes. Yeah, that was I do. that was how I reacted to him. But again, if he can act and I don't see that on screen, then whatever. Have you seen um, Sex Education? I have, have you not. Watched that? I've not. Oh, hey. There's an he reminds me of an actor in Sex Education who who does start out as you know a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a like similar type. Um, I don't, they don't look a whole lot alike, but they give off similar vibes. I think. Yeah, yeah, the vibes. That's the problem. His vibes are the it's, are the problem that I'm having. Yeah, you have bad vibes. Because I know some people were like, when they saw the video that the that was posted on Instagram, they were like, "Oh wait, I see him there," and I'm like, "No, he come, the vibes are worse there. I don't know." Yeah, it's. Uh, I think once he's in Nikolai character, I will be. 100 percent on board especially now that again i've seen some of the fan art that people have been putting out there and i'm like okay yes i see it yeah i'm gonna need to go looking for some fan art uh i posted one like a tiktok that somebody did where they just redrew that casting photo of the four of them but like uh-huh. in costume and oh nice yeah it's really good it's on our it's on our okay, I'll t- on twitter okay i'll look it up so i'm excited to see what he can do and everyone who's watched the oa i have not i don't uh i have not watched it uh, said that he was really good in that and jack wolf was apparently in the witcher so yeah, i've I seen just, him in that but i have no memory of that that's season one i don't yeah i have, don't remember him in that either i saw yeah i was just had him his imdb up and he said the witch i i don't like this like this character name means nothing to me so i'm just gonna without looking i'm gonna assume that he's one of the kids that uh series playing Knucklebones with no i think I think he's in a later episode near the end when maybe an elf. Oh yeah. Cause he's in much more, which is a later episode. So I think he's something to do with the, you know, when Geralt gets hurt at the end and he's like shoved into somebody's cart. Oh, I think he has to do with the the cart people. (laughs) I want to say farmers, (laughs) but I don't remember if they were, if they had a farm or if they, I don't, I don't know. The cart folk. Yes. The cart folk. (laughs) Uh, anyways, yeah, I, I didn't rewatch season one before season two came out, so I did, but I didn't get that far. And then I just watched season two. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess there's never really enough talking about Nikolai, but we will move on to Anna Leong Brophy as Tamar and Louis Tan as Tolia. I guess we can talk about both of them. Talk about them as a, as a pair. Yes. Um, also, once again, perfection, no complaints, like almost to the point that I have nothing really to say. <laughs> you know, like, it's great. It's done. It's wonderful. I'm ha- I'm excited to see them. Yeah, no, they look, they look great. I do. <clears throat> I am curious, curious to know um, how they, how, what they do with their hair. Like if, if Louis Tan has, like, grows out his hair or wears a really bad wig or if they Keep it short, because I yeah always imagine them have both having, or at least him having longer hair, but it doesn't you know if he has short hair I don't care. I was 
picture him that way. And and I honestly couldn't even say off the top of my head if if it says in the book. <laughs> if yes. I remember hair, hair. zero physical descriptions about the two of them other than I picture Tolia as being very large and I picture right. Tamar as being not as large. Like very large and a book of poetry. And Tamar right. smaller right. and an axe. Like <laughs> that's Right, yeah, she's definitely more at least I picture her more compact. Yeah. And but then, I, I don't know I don't know if her being more compact if that's like actual in the book. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm mostly skim uh physical descriptions. Cause he's he's supposed to be big. I mean I feel like that is gets mentioned that he's big or his arms are big. Yeah. His arms are large and I'm <laughs> that's that's the thing that like I'm attracted to is yes of course yes large man arms makes sense yes they're like well that's definitely something that i remember i'm like "Mm." so now i just want you know lewis tan and a henley (laughs) i don't know (laughs) which i'm pretty sure i've already seen yeah i'm gonna say like all the pictures i think i've seen of him the man has not had sleeves yeah like whether or not he had a shirt i don't know but he certainly did not have sleeves no well, I, I saw him in uh, the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, how was that? <laughs> that movie's not great. It's not a good movie. Um, yeah, I think he surprise, was surprise. A, a hoodie at one point. <laughs> I think he had sleeves on. I, I do remember watching it and going, I think this actor is too good for this movie. Well, that's good. And I mean, a lot yeah. of a lot of actors take roles in movies that are not. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's yeah, got to get paid. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to knock his acting. I think he did a pretty good job. And from like the action standpoint, I mean, he has an action background, so. I do like the idea that we might get more action this season. Well, I think we almost have to, at least in spurts. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can get some training, some training scenes with with the twins. Do them in action. I hope so. God, I hope so. I mean, but like the stuff on the boat at the beginning is pretty. Everybody yeah. just tiptoeing around the Darkling until until the actual coup. So I guess there'll be some action there, right? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm thinking of. I'm like, oh, there's they do that like sneaking around and then yeah, and then the coup, and um, and then after that, uh, it's pretty iffy. In the book, at least, I think they could. Yeah, yeah, I think they could. Comp- you know, compress some stuff. They have to show all the running around, but... So, I think we've had... Oh, uh, sorry, before I move uh, move us on, how do you like these two actors? How do you feel about them? Oh, I think they're they're perfect. I think they're absolutely perfect. Um, I haven't... I mean, I haven't seen Anna Long Brophy in anything, but mm-hmm. I think she definitely looks like Tamar. Yeah. Um, And she... You know, like, you know, the twins, like, they complement each other. Like, yep. they look, you know, the good look, so. They look really great together. I hope they yeah. get their tattoos and. She needs an axe. She needs an axe. Like... She needs an axe, obviously. Yes. I like that the actress seems really excited for that. I hope. Yeah. Like, this is a problem that I have with a lot of places where fans will cling on to the 
uh, male-male queer relationships, but won't give a shit about the female-female ones. And I hope we get, like, mm -hmm. some videos of her and the actress who plays Nadia. And I and I hope they give us fun little, like, the thing that they posted today with, um, with Wyland and Jesper. Yes, yeah, I saw that. And, but give us, give us Tamar and, and Nadia, because I love them. Yeah. <sighs> no, for sure. I yeah, I definitely want. We need both. We need all, all of the above. You know, the I'm male, male, female, female, male. Yeah, I'm really excited to see them together. I'd like. I don't think anything's gonna really happen between them this season, but just like on screen together doing something, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just some interaction. Yes. They. I really. Yeah. They should. They should give us that. We need that. <laughs> Come on. And I know. That even even in season three, like it's not it's not there. But I hope we get some good stuff with Nikolai and and Zoya. Oh yeah, just some fun scenes together. Just something. It's fine. Just just something we can screenshot. Yes, exactly. Screen cap. <laughs> something I can just stare at and be like, ah, oh, yes. There they are. There they them. are. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm expecting there will definitely be several points in season two where I'm like, yay! And my partner's going to be like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> like, yep. Don't worry about it. These two characters spoke to each other or they're in the same scene. I'm real excited. Yeah. Like, I, I just know that the only, like, they're going to be, uh, Zoya and Nikolai are going to be in the same room once this whole season. And that's what I'm going to have to live off of. <laughs> you know, and they're going to be on opposite sides, but I'm still going to be Crumbs. like, and they're in the same room. <laughs> I hope we get more than that. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, I don't think other than like passing in the background of shows that I've watched, I don't think I've seen any of these actors in anything. No. Which I do enjoy actually. I like that. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I mean, and it's been it's been a few years since I've watched the OA and like I said, we don't remember <laughs> Jack Wolf and the witcher and yeah i've only seen lewis tan in that one thing so i was actually surprised i was like oh he's the one that i recognized right away and i was like well and i guess he's i mean he's older and he's been i didn't realize he's been in so much <laughs> he's been in a lot of stuff but i'm just i'm not very familiar with his so that does help and i like that when they do adaptations like this mm -hmm. you know and they cast people that i'm like i don't know who that is yes because it doesn't feel it feel it doesn't feel like they're stunt casting, and also you don't go in with like preconceived notions about the actor. Right, right, yeah. Like they did this, so they're gonna do. You know, I hope that they're exactly the same as this other character. Well, I don't really want that. I mean, I say that, but I also made like a split second decision about Patrick <laughs> Gibson. So, no. I mean, you don't. I guess you don't go with. Uh, well, you hopefully don't go in with preconceived yeah. notions. I try not to, but yeah, it's easier to do and don't have a lot of, so every time there's, you know, well, even like now they're, you know, all the, the chatter about, um, you know, who's going to be the new Doctor Who and names that come up. I'm like, I don't want that person to be Doctor Who. Like they've been in like all these things, like pick some, I want them to pick someone I don't know. <laughs> I want it to mm. be somebody I don't know or someone, I mean, there's been a couple that I wouldn't mind, but. Interesting. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing all four of them in costume. Yes. Doing their thing. Bringing us closer to season two. Oh, which I hope we get. 
like like there's no way we're gonna get it this year because they're just filming now and they're filming into like may or something ridiculous that that Uh, can't be right well i guess it could be right well if we if we were somehow get it this year it'll be the end like yeah it'll be like december but i think it's more likely that it'll just be a solid two years and we'll get it next april yeah which sucks a lot it would be nice if they would just do the seasons two and this film seasons two and three (laughs) at the same time like just keep going take a month off get back at it well they almost kind of did that with with this because they wrote season two right away but then they took they took a bunch of time off or i don't know i don't i don't know how it worked maybe that was just maybe uh well i know actors had other things going on and yeah so that's possible but hopefully we'll get it before next april but i just have my personal doubts oh that's a long time yes it is yeah yeah but but that's definitely possible I mean, I want it to be done. In, I mean, I want it to be good and finished. I mean, I don't want to rush it. So whatever yes, they need to true. do to to get, you know, and that they're filming safely for everyone. You know, I'd, I'd rather wait a little bit longer so that they can do a good job and everyone's comfortable with the, pro- the end product. So, but yeah, I also want it now. Yeah, exactly. So I do believe they... I'm trying to find where the quote was because I obviously didn't make this easy on myself. But I do believe that uh, the showrunner has her, I forget his Mm -hmm. first name, has said, Eric, thank you, yes, has said that they are adapting the events of Six of Crows. The events? The the main events of Six of Crows Ah. for the Six of Crows storyline, which makes zero sense to me. I don't know how they're going to do it. I... Huh. I mean, I guess it's nice that I'm going into something that I literally know how it ends, but I don't know how it's going to go. But there's only eight episodes. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, they're... nothing nothing happens in Siege and Storm, let's be honest. <laughs> I like parts of that book, so, but so nothing much happens in it. <laughs> That's true. Right? And also, like, to be fair, I love Six of Crows, every single second of it, but a lot of it happens in their heads. And also, That's they've true. already covered all the Nina and Matthias flashbacks, so they don't have to do that. So okay. I'm not saying that they don't have time for it. I'm just saying that the two stories together make no sense. Like, thematically, uh, I've mentioned before that Jurda Perem existing at the same time as them trying to find the the amplifiers makes no sense. If she wants to bring down the fold, just take some Perem, bring it down. Like, uh, she'd yeah. be addicted and there'd be problems afterwards. but. There were problems afterwards anyways. Like, you, you can't have Purim existing at the same time as this. You just can't. It makes no sense. I mean, maybe I'll just have to sweep that away and not pay any attention to it. But I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. So if if they've said that they're adapting that story, yeah, that that's, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> okay. Sorry. You know what? I just reread the article a bit. I think it's from Entertainment Weekly. Where they say season two is also on track to adapt to the main events of Six of Crows. So it's not it's not that Hesser said that. It's that whoever wrote this article is assuming that. Yes. Okay. So they might do something completely different. Who knows? But I don't think I'd like that either. Yeah, I you know, like It just seems like a lot of work. 
I know if, uh, I know people who really want them to just do another like completely made up crow story. And then mm-hmm. after we finish with Ruin and Rising, do like a crow spinoff. Right. But I don't know if I don't like the idea of them being that good of friends. Because if they do like th- three seasons worth of adventures together, why wouldn't they trust each other? Why wouldn't all of this have already come out? I, right. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I have questions. <laughs> I still think they were right to do them both at the same time. But I just, I'm so curious about how it's going to be. I need to know. Well, yeah. And I think especially even after season one, like, do we, the stuff that happens in Crooked Kingdom, like there's elements of that. You're just like, "Eh, I don't know, you know, if it would be after, you know, just the time, the timeline and stuff. I mean, they could, if you're talking about like Nikolai and everyone showing up in Crooked Kingdom, they can cut that. I Like, that's not necessary to the plot they just need somebody with money or with like respectability to show up true to have a reason to care what's going on so uh, i can understand that but also for a tv show to have two completely separate storylines that don't interact at all like that's weird i'm not saying they can't do it but it's different i mean i I guess it would work. It works, but it would work better in season two than season one because in season one, you know, we've gotten to know the characters. Yes, and then you could do a more split story and then bring them back together in season three. But yeah, and I know a lot of people whose favorite parts of season one were Nina and Matthias, which literally had nothing to do with what was going on. So true. I think that was Mandy's favorite part. So <laughs> I mean, I I didn't not. I mean, I enjoyed those parts. They were fine, but it wasn't my favorite part. But. I, I will say the people I know who like that was their favorite parts have not read the books, <laughs> which is hilarious to me because they don't know what's coming for them. It's like, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever Mandy would talk about how much she loved the two it's of them, like, I would just have to like, mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. look over. It's like, you've been distracted. <laughs> look over here. Yeah. It worked on you. It's not going to work on us. Because <laughs> we're too busy. So... Just quickly while we're here, I have we've had some emails while we've been off, and Yay. one of them that I wanted to address um, was does also have some spoilers in it, so I okay. figured this was a great time. Great. So uh, this is from Katie. Uh, I'm gonna skip over the large chunk at the beginning. Um, But again, thank you very much for your email. So questions. Foreshadowing of Mal as an amplifier. So she was inspired by us to reread the trilogy. And she noticed that early on in Shadow and Bone, Alina describes feeling a jolt when Mal touches her, which she attributes to her crush on him. Uh, She's Mm -hmm. now in the middle of Siege and Storm, or if she was in August when she sent us this email. (laughs) Um, uh, Shoot, where am I? Siege and Storm. And since that first mention, she hasn't described it again anytime they've come in contact. It seems bizarre that it wouldn't be mentioned again, but I was trying to think about if how if how it is foreshadowed at all in the show so far. I, um, she guesses the fact that Mal can hear the stag is the way that they're mm-hmm. trying to show it in, this, in the show. As an aside, this is one of my least favorite plot lines. I felt it was lazy and very reminiscent of Harry Potter's The Final Horcrux. I hope the show handles it in some other way. And that was interesting that I, so here's the thing. I, since I had, I was big into book blogging 
back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I had advanced copies of both Shadow and Bone and Siege and Storm. So when I finished Siege and Storm, I was actually talking to Lee Bardugo about it on Twitter. And she DM'd me like a bit of a spoiler or confirmed a bit of a spoiler that I had brought up or guessed. And that was that Mal had something to do with the amplifiers. Oh. And so I just, I know for a fact that that was always her plan. Because she told me. Right. And so, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. The ending of Rune and Rising bothers me because Alina loses her powers. Like, anything else that happens, I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah, for her to have, quote unquote, you know, the, the life that she wants with the person that she wants, she has to... She has to give something up. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, uh, I don't want, you know, I don't want to like. Yeah, we don't need to go into it here. Draggy, but yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing yeah. that happens. <laughs> Not uh, but what are your thoughts on Mal as the last, as the last name full of fire? Also, sorry, I love that it means that him and the Darkling are related, especially since they bring it up in <laughs> Rule of Wolves as a kind of joke. Right. The, the family reunion. Like, and whenever I saw them together in the show, I was just like, oh. You know, cousins. It I was guess. just hol- well, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just I hilarious mean, to me. I think, yeah the the whole thing in the show, the thing with the stag, you know, that he could hear the stag. Mm-hmm. I would say that that seems, you know, that's kind of they're using that, and I I'm just going to guess that in season two, some something similar will come up again. Um, you know that he's is tracking and that he's, or maybe he'll say some offhanded comment like, Oh, it just felt right. Or like I heard, I thought I heard something, um, you know, like when they're tracking the, the sea, they call it a sea snake. The sea whip. Sea I think. whip. Yeah. That's the sea something. That sea creature. The dragon. Um, I'm so excited for the dragon. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't be surprised if they bring it up that way, but yeah, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. You know, in relation to, like, the last Horcrux, but that's... I mean, I noticed it in the show. Yeah. And since I, you know, since I read the books, I was like, oh, that's what, you know, they're doing with that. I didn't hate it, but if, you know, if if they're super obvious with it in season two, I probably wouldn't like that. Like, I would be fine if, if they're just, like, he's, you know, they're just like, we don't know which way to go. And he's like, you know, well, let's go this way. Yeah. Um, As long as they're, if they're subtle about it, you know, I just... I think I'll be okay with it, but, and the, yeah, the, I had actually forgotten about the, you know, she feels a jolt bit, but. Something like that does happen in Siege and Storm when they're like arguing outside of some noble's house. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's been a while since I read Siege and Storm. And like, there's like a reaction when they touch, but then Tolia or Tamar interrupts them and does some, I I forget what happens there. Um, So it's not, so they don't really address it. Yeah. I don't, this is going to sound awful, and I don't mean this as, like, mal-hating, but I think I would have liked it better if he'd stayed dead. Because then there would have been some consequences that weren't about her losing her power. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be interested to see how they, I mean, I I don't think, don't get me wrong, I don't think they're going to kill him. But (laughs) Oh, no, no, I don't handle all that. Obviously not. How they how they handle that i don't even mind that mal and alina end up together that was honestly going into it that's what i assumed would happen even mm-hmm. if it wasn't always what i wanted to have happen 
So it didn't bother me at all. I just just didn't like how it came about, I suppose. Could have been better. Yeah, that that makes sense. Mal in Ruin and Rising is way better than Mal in Siege and Storm and Shadow and Bone. So I was fine with it by that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think... And it's been a while since I read the books anyway, but I do remember, like... I mean, yeah, I saw them, you know, them being together. You know, what didn't come as a shock to me, but I... Yeah, I think I was a bigger fan of him in Ruin and Rising. But I don't know if I just felt like we didn't get as much. Not that we didn't get as much of him because he's there, but yeah. he didn't have as. I don't know, he always had as much to do. Um, well, I feel like in Ruin and Rising, she Lee decided that they worked better when they weren't arguing. Yeah. Which I think is true, that they really work as, like, devoted, uh, at, at the very least, friends. Mm-hmm. You know, th- when you feel that connection between them. Right, yeah, with because like, I mean they've got all that shared history, yeah, and that, and and I, you know, in season one, I, I liked the see like the meet me at the meadow scenes, yeah, like those those worked for me. No, I th- I think maybe I was more attached to them together in season one than I was when like when I had just read Shadow and Bone. So that, that's fair, and also we got so much from his point of view. Right, and I think that helped a lot. And I think, you know, was it Archie, the actor? Yeah. I mean, I think he's got a charisma that that works. So. Yeah, yes, he's a good actor. And then Katie's second note here. Uh, so to the about the tether between the Darkling and Alina. So after reading Shadow and Bone and Siege and Storm, she thinks that it was the Nichivoya bite and not the Stag Amplifier that established the tether between them. Um, Alina describes it as a connection that would open between them whenever they kissed, but that predated the stag and the darkling wasn't able to appear to her or pull on the tether before the bite, which I presume left some piece, which, sorry, which Katie presumes left some piece of uh, his power inside of her, like Nikolai's monster. Anyway, uh, very curious to hear our thoughts and what we think established the tether how it will be addressed in the show, and why was it not present or discussed in Rule of Wolves? Which I actually think is a very interesting, like, that's mostly what I want to talk about. But this is a TV show podcast, so we should also talk about these other points. Oh, that's a good question. That that makes sense. The Nijivoya bite, that, that does, I mean, and after reading, you know, <clears throat> the other books, that does make sense. I I think it's both. Like, I think, the extent of their connection because it turned because she can make him create Nichivoya. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole climactic moment in Siege and Storm. And I don't think just a Nichivoya biting her would have done that. But I also think maybe not just the amplifier would do that. Right. Well, and I mean, and she's well, because even the amplifier only works because she has power and he has power. So, so I, I don't know. I guess if. If they don't have the connection anymore in Rule of Wolves, then that would lend evidence to their connection being only based on the amplifiers because those broke. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also and, it's yeah. I mean, it's him, but it's not his body. I guess. Yep. Yeah. Now we're getting into some existentialism here. Interesting. So that- <laughs> That's fair. Because I guess if the connection between them was to his original, bo- yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's and that's I guess that's you know my immediate thought would say why why don't they have a connection? Well, because it's not him. I mean, it is him, but it's not him. 
and and I, I mean, it's they don't explain. She doesn't explicitly say it in the book, so this is just conjecture. But from the context clues of there are points in Rule of Wolves where they where there is mention of he is looking less like what's his name <laughs> and the dude more, who he took over. Yeah. Yes, less like him, less like the priest, and more like the Darkling. Like that is explicitly stated. Hmm. I want to say but at least twice. So that's everyone, me... when he like uncovered him at the end of King of Scars. Everyone knew it was the Darkling. Yes. But maybe that True. was just for the reader's effect because that was like the big cliffhanger. Right. Right. Well, and there's, I mean, and again, like it, if he's not using his power, like it's like a burst, you know, like a burst of energy. And then like he's concerned. I don't know that. I don't know. It's, it's fuzzy, but I guess I always, I read it as because it's, it's him, but it's also not him. And the, the darkling in shadow and bone was thousands of years old. Hunt something. Hundreds, something. Some hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> Many more decades than he should have been. So I do wish I him and Alina got to talk more in Rule of Wolves. I just, that was, well, it wasn't my favorite part, but it, I really liked them just talking. Yeah, because I, well, yeah, I was cut short. Well, but. But yeah, I, I personally, in regards to what established the tether, I do personally think it was the, uh, the stag and the, um, mm-hmm. the amplifiers in general, just because he could use her power before the Nichivoya bite and, the, the tether or the connection sort of comes to her head when she figures out right. that she can get him to use his power too. Right. And I think that, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's part of it as well, because with the tether, like there's when she didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. Versus when she realized what he was doing and chose to, you know, go the other direction with it. So like, she didn't know what he was doing. So she wasn't actively trying to stop him. Does that make sense as well? Yeah. I think. So I think, um, so I, so I agree. I think the amplifier and the, the bite, I would say that they're both But the factors. appearing in front of her. I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's all messed up. Maybe it is both. Maybe he couldn't have done the appearing in front of her without the bite, but that seems, I don't know. And Nikolai wasn't just bit by one. He was like turned into right. one kind of. Yeah, I mean, he was, it was so, fully, it was, he was fully venomed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest way for me to understand it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, it's kind of like uh, venom, kind of, but, um, I don't know, anyway, questions. Yeah, this, this is a lot. thought-provoking. <laughs> and I'd like season two now so we can start getting some answers. <laughs> well, get some answers and more questions. Well, yeah, obviously. All right. Then on a much, uh, much lighter note, um, Kaylee emailed us back in October and said some nice things. Thank you so much. And then asked for some book recommendations, but specifically wanted adult book recommendations because they liked Six of Crows, but didn't think that they would enjoy Shadow and Bone. Um, I did email them back with some Mm. like I recommended that they should read King of Scars and Roll of Wolves. Yeah. And Ninth House. Because that is Lee's adult book, right, very not, right. very not for young people. And then, I I haven't read it, but I've heard that the Lies of Loch Lamora is very an adult fantasy 
heist novel with good friendships. I but, haven't yeah. read that one. Um, I've heard of it, but I don't remember much about it. I was going to say, I was going to suggest Rachel Kane's Great Library series. Okay. <laughs> that is YA. But if it, I, I think if she liked Six of Six, ugh, yeah, six of you, Crows, sort of like the upper YA. Right. And I would, I would put it, yeah, similarly. Did Rachel finish that series? Yes. Okay. She I know did. she tr- sadly passed away and I wasn't sure yes. she finished the series. She did finish it. But yeah, the Great, the Great Library series, I, I mean, yeah, if you like Six of Crows, I would recommend those because it is, I'm trying to remember, like four or six. There might even be six. Um, kit. Yeah, it's a bunch of books. Yeah, there's five books, but there are four or six um, older teenagers. Okay, interesting. I have um, the first one. I have not read it yet, though. It's been. I got. I think I got halfway through the third one and then started school. Uh, so I have them yes. all. So I continued purchasing them. I have them all on my shelf. Um, but I need to go back. I basically need to start the third one over again. I think. Yeah, because there is one of the one of the main characters, especially in the first book. Um, like his whole his whole thing is his whole family are thieves. <laughs> oh, okay. So like that's his background. It's like his whole family oh, are okay. Bo- Whole family are book thieves, and that's all. All I'm going to say. Interesting. I am. I am yeah. now very interested to read these books. He is actually. I mean, I won't call him like he's not. It. It's not like he's not a Cad's Brecker character, but he's. Right. There are some similarities. Not you know not in a way that it's like it's the same character, but there are. Right. I would say there are some similarities. You know, like trusting, not big with trusting people. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, has has secrets that not everybody knows. They're good. I I really enjoy them, and I do need to go back and finish that series. But it's it, you know it's it's fantasy and that it's like alternate alternate history. But there's yeah there's there's magic kind of more like oh they call it alchemy. But oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. If if you like Six of Crows, you know I'd recommend checking those out. I mean if you get through the first book and you don't, you're like you know think it's too YA. Yeah, I can think of like other YA recommendations. Like I read recently The Gilded Wolves by Roshani Chokshi. Um, and that is very much a group of misfit friends mm-hmm. trying to steal stuff back and sort of in a in a very like it takes place in quote unquote Paris, but it's like an alternate universe fantasy right. Paris in the same right. way that Ketterdam is like an alternate universe in Oh, I forget the name of the real city, but it's, you know, Europe. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Um, I'm reading The Once and Future Witches by oh, Alex yeah. Harrow right now. Yep. Um, that's not YA. I mean, and it's not, I mean, there aren't really, not really heisty, but there are, I mean, there's some really good, like, you know, sneaking around and lots of, you know, secrets and, yeah, an alternate history kind of fantasy. And, it, and that one's about sisters and yes, yeah. yes, and it's got kind of that like all takes place in one city. Yeah, feel. yes, it does. Yeah, it all takes. Yeah, yeah it takes place in. Uh, they call it New Salem. Yeah, I've started it, but I wasn't in the mood for it, so I put it down and mm. haven't gone back to it. 
yeah, I'm I'm listening to it and I'm really enjoying it. It has mm-hmm. one of the things that I like that they do that she does is she puts like in between the chapters there's rhymes like nursery rhymes, but they're yes. not quite the same as the ones that we heard growing up, and they're woven into the story and into like the actual like plot as well. And so I I like that, but I mean I. I think she's a she's a good writer, and yeah, it is that contained. It's contained, but also like not contained, too. Right. Just, you know, to one city. So that's a that's one I definitely recommend. And then my last recommendation is again also YA and very picky. I don't know about I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but um, it's it's the Curse Worker trilogy by Holly Black, and I don't ever blindly recommend holly black because her writing is very specific and not for everyone um i love it to pieces i love her writing so much and i do believe uh well i know holly black and lee bardugo are friends and i feel very strongly that the curse worker series inspired cats brecker um and i know like lee thanks holly and a lot of her mm-hmm. acknowledgements at the end of um Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdoms, and definitely Rule of Wolves. But I think that sort of having a twist at the end was very much inspired by her. And I think she gets Holly to, like, like read over her, her twisty stuff that she has in Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdoms. Because Holly Black is great at that. But her, her writing is definitely not for everyone. And the Curse Worker series takes place in sort of an alternate modern day, but like 10 years ago when they came out, where... Um, A lot of people are born with uh, magic that they can do when they touch someone. So everyone wears gloves. Oh. Uh, Yeah. And the main character is a part of this, like, crime family, like a mafia family. And and it's sort of about him uh, figuring out a bunch of secrets that have been going on in his family and, like, a, a rival slash friendly other mafia family. And there's a lot of twisty turny six of crows type stuff like i i wouldn't call them thieves necessarily but a lot of that like pulling one over on somebody else but also kind of the reader type of thing where you get mm-hmm. to the end and you're like ooh hoo hoo i see what you did there and it's really good she has an adult book coming out this year doesn't she yes god i'm excited the book of night yes i'm very excited i love holly black so much yeah but again her writing mm-hmm. very is very I don't even know how to describe it, but it is not for everyone. Sometimes when you read her book, it feels like not everything that needs to be there is there. And she just sort of expects you to keep up. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, this, I don't know. This one that's coming out this year looks, looks good. Well, this review I'm looking at says in the vein of ninth house and the night circus, the night circus is one of my absolute favorite books ever. I would never compare Ninth House and the Night Circus. Like, that's... Yeah, I guess it does say, a dark fantasy of shadowy thieves and secret societies in the vein of Ninth House of the Night Circus. So, I guess that's more plot, but... I mean... Yes. Just because I was looking at her other books, like, everything is, like, several book series, and I'm like... I'm not sure my brain can do that right now. (laughs) I will say, The Curse Workers, I think, was recently republished into, like, all three books into one because they are oh. very short and okay. very easy to read all of her YA stuff it reads older like there is disturbing shit in, in mm. her books but she because of her weird style or not weird but like her style of writing 
they're yeah. all very quick, easy reads. Okay. Well, I definitely, I know I've, yeah, I've seen her stuff pop up and like you said, yeah, I think, um, with Lee's yeah, stuff. Her, her Folk of the Air series is really popular right now also, so, mm. but it's way, it's very different. I, yeah, books like that I know are like really popular, like the Throne of Glass and stuff, but I just never could get into those <laughs> types of, I don't know. It, it's not, I don't think it's the right, it's just the contents. I'm just like, mm. Like, I, I should be more into those than, I just, I don't know. I mean, you're into whatever you're into. <laughs> right. Uh, but her writing style is, Holly Black's writing style is nothing like Sarah J. Mass. They're liked by a lot of the same people, but they are mm -hmm. not similar in any, any way. No, well, definitely have to check out that. Just at the end of uh, Kaylee's email here, she does say, um, our podcast is awesome. Thank you. And that we should keep doing more TV show or book reviews. And don't worry, Mandy and I have... Lots of plans, because apparently <laughs> a lot of books that we love are being made into TV shows, and that is the the niche that we have carved out for ourselves. <laughs> it's a, um, good, a good niche. Yeah, so as long as people keep adapting our favorite books into TV shows, uh, and we have, we have two coming up that we want to do, so I think that's it. You know, I really thought we were maybe going to have 30 minutes worth of things <laughs> to talk about, and now we've been recording for an hour, Yay. so that's great. Yeah. Just, you know, a solid <laughs> padded out a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for joining me again so that we could get all of our spoiler talking out. Yeah, of course. And um, do you want to say when pe where people can find you online? Sure. I'm on Twitter at FarFlungHope5. Um, I do a lot of retweeting lately just because life and things. But, <laughs> um, you'll, you know, you find me responding to... Um, the Marvelous podcast mm -hmm. feeds and the and your other desire made real since that's out. Uh, right. Yes. That is true. Actually, that we stuff. Mandy and I are currently doing our season three recap of Desire Made Real. If you wanna of Desire Made Real is the name of our podcast of season three of Discovery of Witches, which will will then be over, so we can fully concentrate on Shadow and Bone. <laughs> Not that I mean I'm really enjoying doing that podcast too. I just yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying listening to it. Uh, uh, but if you want to tweet at us, you can do so at Enter the Fold Pod. Uh, you can email us EnterTheFoldPod at gmail dot com. I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at Inferior Caitlin, and you can find this show and all of the other eloquent gushing shows like the ones we just mentioned, Marvelous and Desire Made Real at eloquentgushing.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. And I didn't bring a Nikolai quote, which seems silly now, but I genuinely think I've done them all. <laughs> I would have looked one up, but it probably would have been one you've used already. I mean, the best one is always his, um, anything worth doing always starts as a bad idea. I just think that that's the perfect quote for a podcast. Yeah, it is. It's a perfect quote for a podcast. This is a terrible idea. We should totally do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to stop there. Whatever. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the music will take us out. <laughs> okay.